Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. At the end of the day, like, you know, pressure is what you make it, you know, and I think if you, especially the external pressure, I should say, I think the biggest thing, you know, if you allow that, you know, that to kind of play into your mindset, I think that's what kind of consumes you and then it takes you out of the direction of the team. You know, at the end of the day, I've been, I think both of us, I don't think, I know both of us, you know, team first guys, and we want to do anything that helps the team win. And that's really where our heads have been at. That's Donovan Mitchell talking about pressure, pressure for stars on teams, pressure on guys like himself. And Rudy Gobert. Jazz are in Cleveland tonight. The Cavaliers, 5-6 and six on the season. PK, this is a team you've had your eyes on because, uh, well, honestly, we expect them to start 2-9, and nine, so 5-6 and six is an improvement. You like a couple of their young players. Yeah, you don't have to bring that up anymore, though. Uh, the guards, Sexton and Gar- Garland. But they're not playing. They haven't been playing. I don't know what's going on. So at the end of the day, it they're, doesn't look like they're back they're to a 2-9 and nine team again. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, the, you know, the <laughs> Jazz are going to have to win this game. It's an interesting thing at the end of the day as far as uh, pressure. I want my guys to feel pressure. I don't want my guys to run from pressure because that's what determines where you stack up and how you stack up. Some players rise to the occasion at the end of the day in pressure and others fold. So you can pretend it's not there all you want. But the truth is, it is there. And how you respond and react to it is going to determine your level of success at the end of the day. Cleveland expected to be missing Kevin Love, Dante Exum, Kevin Porter, and Darius Garland tonight. Colin Sexton returned to action last night after missing two games. Cavs lost to the Grizzlies 101-91. They got back-to-back losses and four out of five. Listen to the game tonight, 5.30 here on The Zone. Pre-game show starts at 4.30 with Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Full court pass all the way to Hayward from Ball. Full court pass all the way to Hayward from Ball. Hayward fading away. Got it again. LaMelo Ball. Touchdown Hornets. Here comes Trey back now. Trey stops a long three. He's got it. Trey Young knocks down a long three. He's got 14, and the Hawks lead by 10 now, 52-42. Bradley Beal at the point between the circles, harassed by Carter. Beal looking to break him down, a couple of crossovers, shoots, and one! Got him. And one! Oh, Bradley Beal said, come on, come on! All right, highlights from around the league. Gordon Hayward, 34 points, and Charlotte's route of the Knicks, 109-88. The Wizards blew out the Suns there, Bradley Beal. Just missed a triple-double, 34 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. No Russell Westbrook left quad injury. He will not face the Jazz tomorrow night. They put the former Jazz man, Hal Neto, into the starting lineup there, and they rolled by 21 over the Suns. Rolled, PK. They did, yeah, absolutely. Bradley Beal's leading the league in scoring at 35 points a game. And he really is a big-time player. You know, it's not a crummy team, but I can't distract or detract from his performances because he's he's something. He's a handful, man. And you better be able to uh, allow, uh, contain him to some degree. I mean, that's 34 points, eight boards, and nine assists. That is massive. And for the record there, Sexton did not play. I'm looking at the box score. From last night, and as, as I said, as I've been, been saying, Garland and Sexton have not been playing. They're two sensational guards for Cleveland. A couple games didn't happen. Pelicans and Mavericks. Uh, tonight's Celtics-Bulls game has been postponed. NBA has only lost four games so far this season, but those two are uh, off the board right there. 76ers were fined 25 grand for violating the NBA's injury reporting rules. Ben Simmons listed uh, not listed on the team's injury reports on Friday before being listed out as Saturday due to swelling in his knee. No late dramatic shifts in availability. That'll cost you 25k right there, PK. Pocket change. Pocket change. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. 
Losses are piling up for Utah. Again at home, a 10-point halftime lead. This time it was Colorado. Saturday they had a 10-point lead against Oregon. Started the second half here, and the Buffs scored 15 in a row to take the lead, and they go on to win the game 65-58. to I don't know what the halftime speech is, but it needs to be different. Different, PK. Yeah, I'm not interested in talk. I'm interested in play. I mean, this is amazing. I watched both of those games. I don't think I can recall, probably because there's so many games over the years, but that a team takes a 10-point lead in consecutive games and then within the first few minutes gives it up. It was an exact replay, maybe some different causes, but the result was exactly the same. And then they play okay after that. So it's like minutes 30 or 20 to 25 suck. Yeah. But 1 through 20 is pretty good. And then 25 to 40 is decent no. enough, although they missed some free throws. Well, they were in the game. They had they an were, opportunity they were to win the game. Both of those games. Yeah. I thought like 25 to 37 or 38 were pretty good. And then the last 2 to 3, uh, they're, they're down 3. And you get your best score, and he's got a driving layup. And I mean, it was contested, but he missed. But it was still a good shot, and he missed it. And then you got your seven footer right at the rim for the putback dunk, and he missed it. I mean, you had two excellent chances to make it a one point game, and that was with like a minute forty five or something to go, a minute and a half. I don't know what it was, but it was right in there. Yeah, the problem is their their best scorer. I can substitute by saying their only consistent scorer. Yep. That's part of the issue. Yep. I mean, they, they don't have Plummer can get hot, but he can also just be non-existent. And then who else am I counting on? No, on you're the, done. That team. Yeah, you're Maybe done. Martinez is starting to show something here as a youngster. I would. I like the way he played. I like his body. He has some bounce, sort of like they would say with Loner down in Provo with some bounce. So I would try to find him some more minutes here. Uh, I don't know what Larry's going to do as far as his future and what Mark Harlan is going to decide. I don't I don't know about that, but it seems like Martinez, you got something there. But they don't have enough consistent offense outside of Allen. So if he's not doing it and he's trying to do it just about on every shot or yeah. every possession down at the end there, he's trying to snake his way to the basket and often uh, a balance, off-balance shot. So it's hard for me to criticize what he's doing because he's laying it out all on the line. The team is close but they can't find a way. I mean, three of the last four games, you can argue that they were right there to win, and they lost all four, all three of them. Yep. True story. Utah, two more home games coming up. They got Stanford at the Huntsman Center on Thursday afternoon, 3 o'clock. That game's on ESPNU, and Cal will be in on the weekend. The wrap-up uh, four in a row at home. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Play action. Mack looks, floats it out, left side. Devontae angles for the corner of the end zone. He is in. Touchdown, Alabama. Alabama on a second down play. Mack looks wide open, left side. Najee out of the backfield, makes the grab at the 10. Cuts inside the defense. He'll fire forward. He's got a touchdown. I'm just happy that we won tonight. And I really haven't thought about that because you're always looking forward. And I just love this team so much and what they've been able to do. Uh, I can't even put it into words. I think we're the best team to ever play. I mean, there's no team that will ever play SEC schedule like that again. But at the same time, uh, we're just so happy to have won this game and kind of put the icing on the cake. The Alabama Crimson Tide blow out Ohio State 52-24. They cap off a 13-0 season. They're the number one team in the country for the sixth time in 12 years. Nick Saban has it rolling. Devonta Smith, the offensive MVP, 215-yard receiving, three touchdowns, all in the first half. He got hurt early in the third quarter, came back with the hand all wrapped up, looked like a cast, looked some kind of finger thing, but he had done the damage by then, scoring three times, PK. That was an impressive performance by that Alabama offense. They were awesome. Yeah, make it look so easy, too. You know, you get down in the red zone, the field's truncated and all, and it's tough to gain yardage. Well, just throw little swing passes and watch those guys either run around the left side or the right side into the end zone. I mean, they really, really do make it look so easy. You have to admire that. If you like any type of offensive football, which is, for me, a lot, it's probably about 80% uh, of my enjoyment, is to see teams being able to have all sorts of offensive success. And they had it, man. It's really, really amazing to watch them play that way and make it look uh, so, so simple. 
uh, to it, and I know it's not simple. I never played the game. I've never had a chip block or put my hand in the dirt, but uh, watching a lot of it to, to see them do their thing. And then I like afterward, and they're trying to push, oh, they had to persevere, and they had to overcome. Oh, come on, BS. <laughs> it's Alabama. Sure, you had to overcome, but what did you have to overcome that nobody else had to overcome as far as COVID? Favorite play of the game for me, Najee Harris on that uh, when they beat the Blitz and he catches that ball that's kind of uh, floated out there, just cutting on a dime, making two Buckeyes. They, they didn't even touch him. He just cut back on him and two guys just completely overrun the play and missing. And he's flipping into the end zone as he got hit. Ready to see those guys in the NFL. Uh, that's seven championships now for Nick Saban. Bear Bryant had the most with six. Saban has now won more national championships than any college football coach. Uh, BYU number 11th in the final AP, number 11 in the final AP poll. Yeah, because you either go 11th or you go number 11. You don't go, it's like my wife. She say, do you want to go to the movie? And I say, no, it's either a movie or the movies. It's not the movie. No, I will not accept that. You are a lot of fun. Uh, BYU, 11 is the highest that they have finished in the polls since they were number five in 1996, the Cotton Bowl season. So, there you go. Odds are already out to repeat. It's shocking, but Crimson Tide is a favorite. Utes are 100 to 1. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. My first allegiance is what will be best for the Philadelphia Eagles and our fans for the next three, four, five years. It's not based on does someone deserve to hold their job or deserve to get fired. That's a different bar. That's owner Jeffrey Lurie of the Philadelphia Eagles firing head coach Doug Peterson after five seasons and a Super Bowl title in 2018. Can you think of a – I can think of coaches who won the Super Bowl – and then retired. But can you think of a coach getting fired this quickly after the Super Bowl? How many years ago was it? 2018. So three? No, that's for you to. That's what you do. I don't. Uh, I don't even contemplate that stuff. Buffalo Bills running back Zach Moss out for the rest of the season. His ankle injury. No matter how long this Bills playoff run goes, he's not coming back. All done. Bill Belichick announced he will not proceed with the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Trump. Though. Not doing that. Probably the wise move. I was thinking about this. You know how sometimes you'll see if it's a local restaurant, the holidays will come around and you'll go up there and you'll see a sign. We're closed through uh, January 3rd. I think that's what it should be here for our government. We're closed through, uh, what is it, January 20th? Just shutting it down so, for eight days? Yeah. So everybody just be quiet and then we'll see. If you want to do, if you want to put the guy up on a cross after that. But if I were Bill Belichick, I wouldn't get anywhere near that. And he's not. What is training? How about you? What? How about you? Not getting anywhere near that? No, I wouldn't go take it. No. I mean, he's going to coach players, sign free agents. He's not doing it. Not well, when I think coach. about you, too, you got so many awards. What would be the presidential freedom? I, I didn't realize until yesterday you were sportscaster of the year twice. That's awesome. Yeah. Now Scotty G is. But I think it's a joke that you've only been twice. Yeah. Nonetheless, it is what it is. <laughs> Who what votes it, on that? What? Uh, I don't know. It's secret. Secret ballot. It's secret? Secret. I really don't. I don't know who votes. Really? What was your acceptance speech? I didn't have one. Trip to South oh. Carolina, I didn't go. South Carolina? Yeah, I know, right? But that's where it is. Yeah. And they invite a bunch of people and then mostly people who can... You know, live on the eastern seaboard, go. I don't think a lot oh, of people... Okay. I think Klauke won it, though. I think he went back. Klauke's won it like well, three times, I think, yeah. now. Three times? He's won it more than you? I think so. Yep. Well, what do you got to do to win it? Uh, get more votes. I know <laughs> you're going to ask I don't know. I don't know. That would be your humor, but I'm you, serious. What do, you, what do you have to have... What, you, what do you have to accomplish to get it? Whatever the voters like. There's no you don't. There's no nomination process or any you know, qualifying. You know you have to do X, Y, and Z. There's none of that. You just, Who are the voters? Local sports writers and sportscasters. But which ones? I don't know. 
So you don't know, you've been in this market for so long, almost 30 years, and you don't know one voter? Uh, I know a lot of people who have voted over time, but like oh, right do? now okay. I can't list the voters. Um, for a long time, the D News had a lot of votes. Um, you have to pay to join the uh, the National Association. Chris Tunis oh, used to have a lot of votes, and somehow that transferred. The D News had a lot of votes. Wes Ruff might have told me he had a vote once. He's won it. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I can't list them for you. I don't know. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Chris Fedor, Cleveland Cavaliers beat writer for The Playing Dealer at Cleveland.com. will join us at 8.30. Look ahead to tonight's jazz game. Brett McMurphy, National College Football Writer and Insider for Stadium Network, will join us at 9 o'clock to put a wrap on the college football season. He put out his uh, too early top 25 and had the Utes at number 11, which was the highest team in the Pac-12. Had Oregon at 12 right behind him. And then USC and Washington were uh, further down the list. And somebody else I'm leaving off, too. He had another Pac-12 team. Uh, We'll talk with him coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months, plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Signer Cadillac. So, Alabama, the champions again. How can anybody compete with the Crimson Tide? That is the question of the morning. Six of the last 12 championships. This is the best uh, 12-year run for anybody in college football history, PK. I think the last time somebody won six championships, it took 19 years. So six and 12, pretty intense. Yeah, plus being there a whole bunch of other times, or being right there anyway. Yep. Close enough to be considered a strong contender. Yeah, it it seems like it's very, very difficult that... uh, Okay, and what's dangerous now is Clemson and Alabama getting kids from California. That's where it really sucks. And that's where the Pac-12 has some real substantial issues. Because Bryce Young, he didn't start out going to modern day, but that's sort of a hot spot in the Southern California area. He transferred there. And we know the, the Polynesian kid for Clemson who's on deck both of those both of those young men are Southern California kids, and they do not go to either of those schools in that area. They do not go to any very good programs in the West, not to the level of Alabama or whatever. And they get on a plane and just literally fly across the country. And if they're if these programs these two are able to do that then it's going to hurt you and us dramatically. It's one thing to get scoop up the kids. And you, you're in a hotbed in the southeast portion of the country, obviously, with football. And so, you know, to get a regional kid or semi-local, we understand that. We had Jeff Grimes on uh, last week as he heads off to Baylor, and he's talking about in his day, you know, kids mostly stayed closer relatively speaking, much closer. And then he brought up what I'd been saying for years. You know, for him, he had to go, to go downstairs in the in the lobby of the dorm uh, and use a calling card to call his parents. Well, you know, now they FaceTime you, and you can put them on an iPad, a computer, and whatnot, and you can feel like you're there, and all the games are on television. So the college football world, it, it, it's just about everything is local, and I think that's very, very dangerous for the Pac-12. And... Consequently, the Mountain West, because if they take my guy, then I'm going to take your guy. 
and that's going to downgrade. It's going to chip away at the quality of the football that's being played in our part of the country. The uh, you cannot under uh, or you cannot overemphasize what you just said about Alabama being able to identify the twenty to twenty five probable. NFL guys every year and scooping them up no matter where they are. Oregon's trying to do it on a lower level. You can see that they are trying to go get one or two top kids from basically every state in the West. But Alabama and Clemson are doing it to the whole country. And so, you know, when, uh, when somebody has a run like USC had in the 2000s, they could be beaten because they weren't getting the best kids out of Texas and the best kids out of Florida. And, you know, we talk about with BYU how, well, how good are the best LDS kids in any year if they are getting the best LDS kids? How good are those, are those players? But how good are the best players in the Southeast in a given year or the best players in any year, the best recruits in California? And suddenly it doesn't matter to... Alabama and Clemson because they're just picking off the cream of the crop in all the key states and all the key areas. And they're, they're, it's, it's like a AAU all-star team if you pick it out from across the entire county or across the entire state. And, and they're supposed to have uh, five first-round draft picks this year. Who has five first-round NFL draft picks? You are lining up with so many uh, one-on-one matchups where you have such a distinct advantage. I mean, it gets the point. How do you screw that up? You were talking in, uh, in, the, in what is trending in the last segment about how it didn't matter. It didn't seem to matter what Alabama wanted to do or where they wanted to go on the field. They had enough speed that their guy was going to win the race to the pylon every time. And they did. Third down in the, in the red zone was no big deal to them. No, it was not. Yeah. I think it's very, very dangerous if you want to compete at that level. If you're content uh, competing for the South and then coming down a one-game basis, whether you go to the Rose Bowl, then you're okay. And for me, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. You asked about that. Uh, there was one other team that McMurphy had. It was the yeah. Sun Devils. Yeah, I think at 20-ish or whatever. So I'm content with that because I have a realistic expectation, nor do I have the just diehard, diehard fandom. I've just, for whatever reason, I was never never had that in my DNA. I enjoy it and I root for the Devils and all that, but uh, you know, I'm just not crushed by losses or whatnot. It just doesn't matter that much to me. So it's easy, much easier for me to be okay with that. Uh, but if you're intending to think, wow, we, we're in the big time now, we can go all the way. Good luck, man, because I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it happening. But for me, for my team, if they won the conference and went to the Rose Bowl, I mean, especially too, since I don't have that diehard passion fan that that is defined by a fan. But when I grew up, that was where it was at. When the conference go to the Rose Bowl and then let voters vote however they vote, you know, there was no playoff, so it didn't really matter to me. So I'm coming at it from a different perspective. It's really, really difficult. Uh, to do that, and it, and and it it chips away at the ability to play at a high level, and and it's there's different levels of chipping away. You talk about Oregon. Well, Oregon has to go outside because there's not enough talent in Oregon to field a nationally prominent program. So they have no choice but to do that. There's not enough guys, enough talent in their state. And then what they do, and they come in and get the Sewell brothers, well, that chips away a little bit at your program. So uh, it's, it's like a trickle-down effect that starts. You know, the, the top teams go, and I don't, know that, I, think, I don't know that they need to identify them. I think it's obvious who they are, and then they just go get them, and they just, uh, just reel them in. And away they go. And you talk about five first-round draft choices. Well, they've got way more than that. That's just who are eligible this, this year. This year, yeah. Uh, so, and they continually just restock. And it makes it so – we talk about the NBA and how you can predict two or three teams. Well, that seems so much more acceptable to me in the NBA than college football to identify two or three teams because 
there's only what 30 how many 30 or 32 in the nba 30 uh 32 whatever it is i think it's 30 uh and there's so few guys that are difference makers at any given time in the league right so we can understand that uh, but in college when you have a hundred plus teams with a hundred plus players on every roster and yet you can still look at two or three teams to say they're going to be it to me that's even more dangerous at least with the nba i just understand it it's just so difficult to be a difference maker and there's so few teams that sure we can put our uh, circle two or three teams and we're probably going to be very close if not right on in terms of who's going to make the finals five tops on well, college football with all these teams and all these players and injuries with a much more uh, taxing sport physically and all that still so the percentage of it is even much smaller because there's way more participating I think that's bothersome you know, the NBA, it's two or three teams, but the two or three change every three to five years also. I mean, the Warriors had a great run and went to five straight finals, uh, but now they, they've been completely out of the mix here uh, last year, and it doesn't look like they'll be in it this year either. They're good, but they're not going to be that good. Uh, and before yeah. the five-year run, they weren't in the mix at all either. So you know in the NBA how long you have to do it. It's like, well, how old is their best player and how long is he going to be in his prime? Except the Lakers have played in half the finals. Yep, but they also <laughs> missed the playoffs for seven years. And they've, been, they've also been, they've in been back the to the title again. <laughs> so, I mean, so, so you don't win it for seven years. Oh, my gosh, the pain, the embarrassment, the suffering. How do you stand it? At the end of the day, it must be so difficult to be a Laker fan. And come on. So you go through a little bit because because you had to let Kobe play out because he was one. You know, Magic had to retire early, and then came back and wasn't just a shell of himself. So that took care of that. So you were able to reload. I mean, that, that happens just about every franchise when you get a household one of a kind yep. superstar. You got to let him play it out because there's all sorts of sentimentality. So you don't want to trade him. You don't want to cut him. You know, we saw it with the Mavericks, with Nowitzki. You can go on and on on that. And then if they don't want, then they end up being Olajuwon or Shaq or Ewing where they just, or Barkley, where they just start bouncing around teams, hanging on, trying to win something. Steve Nash. I mean, the list goes on and on there, too. So it's understandable that the Kobe thing was going to end the way it ended because that's the way it always ends. And then you reload. Just for them, reloading is super much easier then they have Laker privilege. Let's call it that. <laughs> they do. You just made something up, but that'll stick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Laker privilege. So even with that, I get your point to a degree, but the Lakers seem to always be there. And if they're not, relatively speaking, in the course of the NBA history, seven years is, is but a day. You want you want a rim shot or anything? Well, I speak your guys' language. That's what I'm trying to do. I try to bring it down to things that you can understand. I mean, I I have to do a lot of extra studying, but you know, I don't have the religion advantage or privilege. Thank you so for I, likening it unto ourselves. Uh, yeah, so so you can understand what I'm talking about. I mean, I, it's not mean spirited, guys. I'm qu- quite frankly, I'm offended that you would think it is. Questions up on Facebook. Alabama. Another title. How can anybody compete with them? Uh, Tony says when Saban retires, there'll be a drop-off. Whether it brings him back down to the rest of college football remains to be seen. I'm not so sure about that. Think they can plug in another coach the way Ohio State has gone from one coach to another. They, they, Ohio State's had an awesome run now with uh, Tressel and then Urban Meyer, and now Ryan Day seems like he's got it going pretty good too. Well, when did Ohio State suck? I mean, there was a year or two here. There was there. one, yeah. There was that 6-7 and seven season they had about a decade yeah. ago. But, I mean, they but other that. than that, it's yeah. uh, three losses is horrific. It's mostly one or two. I think that you have to be to the point where you have to screw it up. Not can you continue it, but can you screw it up? USC screwed it up after their great run. 
Can Alabama screw it up after their great run? And did, did SC screw it up? Or did the world around them change so dramatically that it led to a natural letdown? No, they've gone through too many coaches. That's it, huh? And nothing, no other reason. Even though during the time they screwed it up, Clemson and Alabama have quarterbacks right in their backyard. And for that matter, so does Georgia. He was there and Daniels and and left a different set of circumstances. See, I can argue that the conference let them down and things changed dramatically. Maybe they started playing a little bit more by the rules. Uh, And sure, the coaching situations uh, what, what, actually, what I think they did is that hiring ex-football heroes to be ADs without Screwed much up. athletic director experience, I'd that, argue that yeah. that was the issue. Certainly that's a issue, and it's certainly a major issue. It would be an issue. Get your gr- grammatics correct. Jeez. A issue? Man, that's piercing to my ears. I was already editing it to put in major. Got me on the fly. <laughs> because I wanted to upgrade it. I didn't want it to seem like it was just 5 or 10% of the problem. Because you're right. It's a major part of the problem. Okay. We, we agree on that. And usually, like a lot of things, you can identify one, and that might be the most significant, but then there's three or four or five, however many others, added to the situation. But I would be interested, and we'll never be able to play this out, obviously, but could SC have continued its reign of awesomeness under Pete Carroll as the conference expanded and late-night television became such a big deal and the prominence of these other programs and television broadcasting every game so you could sit anywhere on this planet and watch your kid play and then FaceTime them afterward and feel like you're there to a good extent, whereas, you know, that, that didn't happen very much. If, if that took you down a peg and turned you into what Oklahoma is, a team that dominates its conference but doesn't win playoff games, I would get that. But the fact that they've had a six loss, six or seven loss season under three consecutive coaches, you can't really explain that away. They, they, they should be dominating the Pac-12 South. They, they you, Even Alabama doesn't win their division every year, right? LSU and Auburn have had their turns. But you don't fall that far to have all these six and seven lost seasons. Three of them yeah, in a decade. Many, and what were those in the beginning when they were reduced scholarships? One of them was. Yeah. Lane Kiffin, seven and six was. But there have also been several four and five lost seasons. You know, they haven't. It's like with, with Ohio State, three losses is as far as they drop. And Ohio State clearly isn't on Bama's level. You know, and they've had excellent teams, and they've won a championship, and they had an undefeated team that wasn't even allowed to compete for it. Uh, they were in probation, no postseason one year, and Urban came in and went 12-0 and with the team. So, but USC can't even claim to be anywhere near Ohio Okay, State but how much of that is the, uh, the rise of other programs spending money on facilities and, and all that stuff to upgrade their programs? Now, they haven't been able to maintain it, but for instance, there was, there was no Utah in uh, SC's path. And let's face it, the Utah would be very, very good, particularly if you put them in the other division in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah, so, they'd, be, they'd be right there battling with uh, Wisconsin and with uh, Iowa, no question. Yeah. Maybe so they'd be the, winning more than their share. That's speculative. The but conference has gotten, I can argue, better. And I think the conference has always been able to get some guys because there's some guys who stay somewhat low. Justin Herbert. Right there in Eugene, and ends up being NFL Rookie of the Year, and he played on a four and eight team in Oregon uh, as a youngster, and so there, I I think things have changed. I don't know that Pete Carroll would have had the same amount of success. Maybe he would have. I don't know that he would have had the same amount because I think everything you say, there's a lot of truth to all of those things, but it wouldn't have fallen this far. Yeah, but that's it, it, it would have fallen this far because they would have changed coaches. At SC, if you're not at that level, they're changing coaches. So if it would have fallen, they're changing coaches. 
No, and then the new ADs who have no background and are just the ex-football jock hero hire the wrong coach, and then there you go. So how do they get it back? That's the question. Because nothing lasts forever. There have been dominant runs by other teams in other sports. And Saban's retirement is the easy answer. He's not losing well, then, any steam right now. So he retires, and then we just have Clemson. What's the difference? <laughs> is this Clemson and Ohio State dominating? Is this the new future for college football? That the biggest, fastest guys are going to be identified in the ninth and 10th grade, and by the 11th and 12th grade, they're going to be locked down by two or three elite programs. Well, you, if you use the word never and always, you're going to be wrong. But I look use the word foreseeable. Well, for the foreseeable future, Dabo Sweeney's team is going to be near, near the top. Yeah, he's, and he's what's had, dangerous now is they're not just grinding it out no. with tremendous defense. Oh, no, no. Sean Watson was an elite quarterback, and then right to Trevor Lawrence, and he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. So are they going to keep it going with the next guy? Is it yes. about all these athletes all over the field? Because for a long time, the pack. 8, 10, 12, well, not the 12, but in the eras of the 8 and the 10, they had elite quarterbacks and threw the ball at a high level and won a lot. They rode that to a lot of big wins. And now these other programs have elite quarterbacks who play at a high level and are high NFL draft picks and seem to just plug plug one in right after another. The way other schools used to do it and have a line of NFL quarterbacks. BYU had their line of NFL quarterbacks, but UCLA had a pretty good run for a while. Obviously, USC has had a a good run of quarterbacks. Well, yeah, I still think that they do that, though, in in the Pac-12. There's a ton of Pac-12 quarterbacks. Now, they may not be big time in the NFL, but they were really good in college. And if you're a college coach, you want them to be really good in your program. And if they should make it really big in the NFL, good on you. But if they don't, uh, they can still carve out a way to make some money. And so the guys, Sean Mannion, play for a good team in Oregon State. But yet he's been in the NFL for a good long while now. Uh, Minshew, Rod Rosen, Brett Hundley. I mean, there's a, it seems like there's a whole slew of them there. So you got to have the Watson level player. You got to have an NFL starter who's top half, top third. I think you got to have everybody though. I don't know that you can just have one dude. That's Alabama's secret. They got an O lineman who's supposed to go in the first round. They got a wide receiver. He gets hurt. They got another wide receiver. Oh, yeah, they get loaded. Just, the loaded. Next man up truly is exactly what those programs are about. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We will have more football with Brett McMurphy coming up at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Former NFL and Ute great Eric Weddle. You play for a chance at a championship, right? 27 straight years I've played football, and I have zero championships to my name. Now, we did go undefeated in 04, but we weren't number one in the country. We didn't get a BCS championship ring, so that doesn't count. And I never won a Super Bowl, never won a high school CIS championship, never won Pop Warner championship. So that's why I played, and now... Every guy that's in the playoffs has a chance to experience that. When a guy holds up that trophy after they won the Super Bowl, you will envision yourself doing that. That's why it's the greatest sport in the world. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles holds the ball down low by his ankles. Drives with the left hand on high look back up to Donovan Donovan goes right jab step pull back three got it Donovan Mitchell having quite the first quarter Utah Jazz back at it tonight Cleveland shorthanded Cavs tonight shorthanded Wizards tomorrow Again, we talked early on this trip that they got a chance if they had a chance to go four and two the rest of the way would you sign off on it I said I would I would take four and two right now so if they win these two games they get to that four and two for the rest of the trip including the San Antonio game. That would be 5-2 and two on the trip. And I know it's been the roller coaster and up and down, but that would be a pretty good trip if they pull it off here over the next 48 hours. 
No, I'd agree with that. Yeah, if you go big picture perspective there, you know, there's still those two losses that were gnawing at you, and I don't think you can accept those losses by any stretch. Uh, That becomes a problem once you do that. But if you're looking at it and stepping back, going five and two on your longest road trip, and that's for you guys to to do all that stuff. I don't really care about that. And then you come home and you got – uh, let's see, what do you got? Uh, One at home before you go back to Denver. But then you come Then home, you got a good stretch. Got six. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, so you got them at home. All that means is you have a home game. <laughs> it doesn't Yeah, mean, and it's even, it's even less important this year. You can see it in the results. Without, without the fans there spurring the team on when they're tired, intimidating the refs, all that stuff, there isn't much to it. There's shooting background, and you don't have to ride airplanes. So, and those are positive. Oh, you get to sleep in your own bed. You get to sleep in your own But it's still the home court advantage isn't what it normally is. Six and four in the first ten. Can you, can you, can you predict with any level of confidence that they'll be better than that in the next ten? Well, I can predict that they're very capable of it. Now it's up to them to go ahead and do it. This team has got to get on a roll because the talent is there. You know, I think in the key of uh, any athletic situation is playing to what you're supposed to be or what you're capable of being, however you want to phrase it. And can this team, I don't think they're going to win every 10 games. They're going to win 8 out of 10, especially, man, they haven't been hit by COVID yet. Uh, that we know of anyway, and, and somebody's going to turn an ankle. The usual, you have the usual knickknacks that occur. Hopefully you don't have the uh, serious, but you have guys miss games here and there, as Joe did the other night, and then comes back. Those things happen in this league, and then you throw in the virus, and then it becomes, you know, what to, to what degree remains to be seen. So I'm not going to predict an 80% winning percentage for these guys, but I want to see them be consistent and do what they're capable of doing in most games because that's that's the mark of greatness is consistency. And really, you know, if you're a role player, you want to be consistent too in your role. It's just that if you're a role player, it's pretty much by definition that you're not going to be consistent all the time. Now, that's why you're a role player, right? So you can live with that to an extent because you don't necessarily have that capability to be consistent. But I want to see more consistency. And if we see that then I think what will logically follow is the victories. And I think it's very, very capable of happening. I see no reason why it doesn't happen. The talent is there to be, I still believe, without question, the talent is there to be top four in the West. If the talent is there to be top two or three, that's up for debate. I think it is, but they've yet to show it, but it's only been 10 games. It's possible. I mean, I can say three. The, the, the talent, when you look on the rosters, the Lakers and Clippers ought to be in the top three in the West. Who else is going to join them? Could it be the Jazz? Yes. You can also make the, case the Jazz. For, you can make the case for other teams. But, hey, if you can make the case for your team, don't worry about the case for other teams. But I make can't the make for the your case get there. more for other teams than I can make it for the Jazz. Denver, I know some people are thinking, well, Denver, look what they've done the last two years, but too many losses in the offseason weakens the case. Well, yeah, you've got Grant. Craig, Grant, and Plumlee. Yeah. Gone, gone, gone. I think Porter's emerging. He's got the COVID thing, I think, right now, so he's out of the lineup. I think that's the reason. And he's emerging, so you, you like him. Uh, but I, I did they, see that story on Porter last night, yeah. that he's they gone, took and that's a hit. why. They took a hit there with some of their depth. Because Jokic is a superstar, but I can't really say Murray is. He's a very, very good player. But he's a superstar who's going to give it to you 4 out of 5, 8 out of 10. And he did in the bubble, that's for sure. Uh, but I'm not sure that I could say that just yet. Jokic seems to be just a marvel. Uh, it's fun to watch him play. Now, he's super tall, but I like guys in basketball who succeed without the overwhelming athletic ability. And by that, I mean can block shots at the highest level, can dunk and go, and just they were just blessed with enormous athletic ability, and they just have to harness that into being a basketball player. And it usually comes through work, and, and those guys do that. You know, you're LeBron's of the world. But uh, Jokic doesn't have that, but he's still fun to watch as he maneuvers and passes and whatnot and does the things that he does to use angles and his body and all that. But other than that, 
can I look at that and say, wow, and they're just a bona fide team that you can count on them. Not yet. Maybe they'll get there. Maybe I'm disrespecting them. That's the great thing about it is through 72, 82 certainly is more than enough. And I think 72 is enough to where you get the true measure of where you're supposed to be. But all the other teams, I can make a strong argument. And maybe I'm being a bit of a homer and there's some bias to it. Because I I say people who say they don't have any bias, they're full of crap. They have Everyone has it. I just admit them. And I have the bias because I'm watching the team and I want them to win. So it's uh, maybe there's something there to it. But I'm thinking that I can make the strongest argument that they should be third. I'll allow you Lakers and Clippers, although I'll loosely allow you Clippers. Yeah, you got to wonder the chemistry and are they really going to click here? Like, just because you have a lot of talent, we've seen talented teams and it doesn't come together for whatever reason. And maybe it won't with them, but there's still a lot of talent there. I think another team that will make a case, not as strong a case, but we, we haven't seen the Dallas team together yet. And Porzingis is getting close here. So, But you're going to have to let him play for a while when he hasn't played. He's you getting know. close, and then he's going to get hurt again. <laughs> the Jazz see the Mavericks at the end of the month. They're coming in for one of the, uh, the back-to-backs. They'll be here for like two games and three days. Uh, both Any in, given both game or stretch of games, the Mavericks are extremely dangerous. But how many no times over seventy-two guys are they? Seventy-two right. games they're going to have their guys. That's to what the I'm level wondering. that they'd be third in the West. That's 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 to me the answer is no. They're not going to do that. They got Doncic is an enormous talent. He's so fun to watch. I absolutely love watching the man play basketball, and he's just a young pup too. That's what's all sorts of fun. It's what I've said about our pro leagues here. They just reinvent themselves as new guys leave, new guys come in, and they capture your imagination. Well, if the Mavericks are on television, I'm going to sit and watch. I'm going to watch. I don't even know what his number is. I think it's in his 70s or something. I'm going to watch Doncic to play because I enjoy watching him play. And he looks like he's having so much fun, too. Where's the number 77? 77, I thought it was in the 70s. And that's one of the things that I really love about watching him because it looks like he's just having the time of his life, doesn't it? looks like he's just having a ball playing the game of basketball. And for me, that's fun because it should be fun. You know, they should have. Like Donovan Mitchell when he's over on the bench and doing the things when, when Azubuke comes in and gets a dunk. Or Bogey the other night. Yep, throwing uh, one down over Sam Merrill. Yeah. And you, yeah. yeah, and you look over there, and, and and Mitchell is jumping up and down, and got a huge smile on his face. I love to see that. I want these guys to have fun because it, it has to be fun, particularly now when we look at sports being an escape. And for me, it's always been an escape. It's, that that has never changed. They can say whatever they want politically. To, I couldn't. I really don't care. Actually, I, I honestly, I don't care what Donovan Mitchell's opinion is. It matters not to me. Nothing. I'll listen to it, and if I agree with it, great. If I don't agree with it, well, then so be it. But I'm not gonna. Go, I'm off. I'm out because he said this or knelt here or did that. Whatever. I just don't care. What I want to have is have it be fun and entertainment now more than ever. And watching Mitchell just go crazy on that bench when Bogey threw down that one-handed dunk. That's fun. And that's the same thing with Doncic. So I think the Mavs can get you any given game. There's zero surprise there. But I think over the course of 72, provided there's not major injury or major COVID, which I can't provide you, (laughs) but if we can for argument's sake, I think they should be making a strong, strong push for that number three spot. Well, a big part of that is just winning the games you're supposed to. When you're that good, there's a bunch of games in this league, you know, the bottom half of the league, and you ought to be cleaning up on those games. At Cleveland tonight, at Washington tomorrow, Atlanta on Friday, they're going to be favored in these next three games. So win the games you're supposed to, and then we'll get the Denver game on Sunday, and that ought to be really intriguing. No, Dave, Dave, whoa, 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 whoa. The Atlanta game on Friday, that's home. First game back after a long road trip. (laughs) I know, I know. But if you're going to be that good. Hey, cliches. Yeah, but when you're the 12th best team in the league, that really is a factor. But when you got enough talent that we're talking about third best in the West, which ought to make you top five or six in the league, now you're getting to the point that that stuff doesn't matter anymore because you're so good. If you're 12 or 18 or whatever, yeah, that matters because your margin for error is so slim. Uh, now, so... None of us here, some of us don't drink, and all of us together, none of us are heavy drinkers by any stretch. So we got to rule that out. But the first time we hear 
Oh, the first game back after a long trot. Oh, what do we have to do? I think we've got to eat a gallon of ice cream. Oh, (laughs) jeez. A gallon? (laughs) Dude, jeez. I'm the heavy ice cream. I I don't know, Yock, are you a big ice cream guy? Not to a gallon. Not to a gallon. Nobody is, but that's the point. Oh, I just I don't really drink soda. Can I just like chug a, di- a Dr Pepper or something like yeah. that? Okay, but it's got to be more than sixteen. It's got to be thirty two. Okay, I'll take that. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's just sitting there watching the game. <laughs> I, I'm not a heavy soda drinker. So okay, so here's the deal, dude. Happening. You got to If you're gonna if you're gonna play this game, then you've got to play it watching on TV, not listening on the radio, because Locke's way more likely to hit you that with than Bowler. Good point. Yeah. Limit your your diet Dr. Pepper consumption over there. Friday night, I will be watching this. Well, uh, yeah, most of the time I'm watching. When I'm radioing it, it's car. Yeah, I'm usually driving, yeah. Yeah, right. But usually, Friday night home game. Yeah, 80% of the time, I work my day around the jazz game. Right. So if not 90, 95%. So if it starts at 7, it starts at 5, it starts whatever. Like yesterday, Utah. I made sure at 4 o'clock my butt was sitting down in front of the television, and I pay Comcast to get the freaking Pac-12 network, and so I end up with two systems that pay way too much (laughs) for television. But I have to do it because I want my direct because I can get my Diamondbacks in the summer, but I still have to have the Pac-12, so I had to get Comcast in to get the freaking thing. And now you're hooked on the NFL ticket too, so direct's locking you down. Yeah, man, I am sucked in. Raise. <laughs> I can do a quarter of the game, especially if it's early on radio. I really got to watch the second half on TV and see it. Uh, but if I'm, if I'm, especially on these East Coast trips, and we're doing takeout uh, more than ever, supporting our local restaurants, our favorite places. Don't want them to go away. Uh, I find myself in the car doing that. Well, but, I don't, but I don't mind that. Locke, Locke has a lot of stuff, and you want to hear his take and you know what he thinks of matchups and how things are going. Yeah, but I listen to his thing after the game. He oh, does okay. That thing, then you get that's that. That's where I listen Good. to it. Now, that's yeah. where Sweetheart comes in. She knows her role, and that's to have dinner ready for me. you got to have <laughs> defined roles. And they'll She's, flourish in these roles as long as everything is laid out. She's way more likely to cook than I am. I'm way more likely to pick up the takeout. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Uh, coming up next, Brett McMurphy, National College Football Writer, is going to join us at 9 o'clock. He put out a way-too-early top 25 that probably piqued the interest, I think, surprised most Ute fans, honestly. And they liked it, but they had to raise an eyebrow. We will get to that and what he said about the Utes next. Stay with us.